You are listening to the Experience University podcast with Dr. K, Season 7, Episode 2. Welcome to Experience University, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now your host, Dr. Kristen Malik. Hello, hello, my friends. Yay, week two in season seven. I am so excited. I have got such great content for you today. I mean, I know we always have great content, but this is particularly interesting. Back in the spring, I offered through my LinkedIn and my Facebook a free masterclass to individuals who were curious to know more about behavior change. What is behavior change? behavior change design, how is it different than event design and change management. And it was so incredibly popular and I got so many messages from it that then I decided to do a second offering of it, just a free 90-minute masterclass and what exactly is behavior change design. And then I started giving it away as a freebie for people when they heard me speaking on other people's podcasts. If you listen to season seven, episode one, then you heard I've been doing just a ton of podcasts. (laughs) My name's on a circuit somewhere, but I've become a, a guest on a lot of different types of podcasts. And this masterclass, this recorded masterclass at that point, had become my freebie, like thanks for listening. And I'm gonna post that freebie link for you in my show notes below if you want to watch the whole masterclass. Now, of course, my masterclasses are super interactive and there was breakout rooms and discussions and all of those have been cut out. So the 90 minute masterclass is really only like 40 minutes, I think, when you cut it down to the nuts and bolts. But in today's podcast episode, I want to give an overview, a summary of some of these important concepts because this is really important to know. Now, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you know something about the event or experience design industries. I'm not going to dive deep into the history or the brief history of meetings and events. Just know that events have changed based on where our society is. So for example, the industrial revolution led to the need for these organized events and the need for skilled individuals to plan and manage these logistics. Alongside of that, the world's fairs and great exhibitions really brought in that need for that risk management portion because we're talking about literally millions of visitors all coming together in one area. And then as businesses continued to expand, then we needed to upskill as event planners or managers to include things like trade shows and product launches and conferences. So we're just constantly having to upskill in the different areas of our life. And now we're talking on a global level, mega events, Olympics, the World Cup, we're talking technology, we're talking hybrid events, virtual events. We've really kind of matched this industrial economy to knowledge economy to experience economy to transformation economy and the role of the event planner, event designer, event strategist, that has also evolved. 
Now, it doesn't mean that this one position has continued to evolve. It's not like a baby that then grows up. There's now all of these alternative career paths, alternate career paths that are completely viable career paths within the event industry. It's just people don't necessarily realize all the different potentials. I deal with this when I'm talking to interns or my employees or students all of the time, and there's just so many different aspects within events that it was worth covering on its own podcast here. So we're going to start with the event coordinator. I consider this, me, Dr. K, I consider this kind of that base level Oftentimes, this event coordinator role could also be within an executive assistant position. Uh, Some duties could be offloaded to virtual assistants, but the event coordinator is really all about logistics. They're about operations. So when you think historically of, I'm going to bring 50 people together in a space, this would be those types of things. I'm going to call a caterer. I'm going to make sure the room's reserved. I'm going to make sure that we have enough seating for 50 people and call the AV person or set up a projector. So this is really all about that venue selection and timeline and just very operations specific. And then as we look at the evolvement after logistics, what's after logistics in terms of events. After that, in my personal opinion, I do wrap event management as kind of a half step from logistics. Now, the concept, the pure definition, the title of event manager could or director of events could really transcend any of these roles. So I'm really looking at the competencies within them. So event coordinator, is logistics and operations. Now, of course, event managers can also be logistics and operations, but I'm looking at the involvement away from just being logistics and operations. And to me, again, opinion of one with lots of education, we're really looking at the event design role after this. So we have that event logistics and operations, which really to me is a lot of project management and we're moving into design. Now this includes um, like creative director, creating these cohesive and visually appealing kind of environments, looking at and incorporating the client's visions and themes and atmospheres. So we're really starting to incorporate that decor and lighting, floral, color schemes, graphics, all of the branding elements. So this is beyond just logistics, we are now going into the design, the marketing, the branding, making sure that this is all encompassing. Now, one of the major issues with the event industry, anybody will tell you this, is that we do not have consistency in naming. And this makes it very difficult to uh, find jobs, to understand what's included in jobs because you might have an event coordinator that includes all of these roles. You could have a director of events that is just logistics. 
And so it's very frustrating within the event industry because our naming is not consistent, even within our own industry and then across industries. There's no consistency there. So take the naming with a grain of salt because I can already see all of my lovely type A listeners being like, blah, 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 blah. I do that in this other role. Yes, we're taking the meat of the roles and the job duties, dot, 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 and duties as assigned. (laughs) And we're kind of breaking those into levels. So the first level would be that logistics operations. The second level would be that designer. And in this, we're really looking at project management and marketing. The next layer of what I would consider in event roles would be that strategy, this event strategist role. And this is where we're starting to dig into the data, the target audience, the outcomes, the KPIs. We're really trying to develop that strategic approach for the event as part of the overall objectives. Where do we need events? Where do we need those live touch points or those online touch points? How does the event work within the overall marketing strategy in addition to the marketing strategy within particular events? So different levels. We're really monitoring and analyzing data before, during, and after the event. We're looking at ROI. We're looking at uh, insights and recommendations for improvement based on these metrics. And we're really working closely with the business strategy teams to align events with the organizational goals. We're really seeing how these events fit into these larger frameworks. So I consider this at the next level up. So we have logistics and operations and then that design and marketing. And now we've got the strategy role. And these are all very different, very different competencies in the strategy role. Yes, you're going to have your project management marketing, but you're also going to have integrated communications and business and research methods and data analytics and technology. And this really is that next involvement. Well, then... I take that, Dr. K opinion of me, I take that and I uh, elevate even that into behavior change designer. Now, if you go to LinkedIn and you type in the search bar behavior change designer, you're probably going to get a couple hundred responses. And I'm friends with most of them, actually. And when you look at them, you're going to see that the concept of behavior change design is so drastically different across industries. I don't know, similar to events, that this is a well-accepted term, but this is what I am labeling as that next evolvement from that strategy role. To me, behavior change designer is designing events and experiences that change behavior and mindset. Uh, That is my particular strength. That's my focus area. And so I'm going to explain to you what that means to me. Now, in marketing and advertising and public relations, behavior change is looked at a lot in terms of getting you to buy things. So marketing and advertising is looking at, okay, who are you and what do you need to be convinced to buy our product or service? And that's what we're going to do to get you to change your behavior to buy our product. In this case... There's a lot of people who talk about ethics. You are literally messing with people's minds to get them to buy a product. And this is kind of an interesting viewpoint on that. So in marketing and advertising, this position might not be called a behavior change designer, but there's a lot of behavior change design within these fields. 
The second major industry that you see behavior change designers is within, I don't know if like the industry has an official name, but I would say in um, kind of the recovery or rehab fields of getting people to change away from addiction or other really negative or detrimental behaviors into becoming a stable, productive member of society and really helping people kind of overcome some of their their mental health or or psychological issues. That was probably so not politically correct. I so apologize if you're in one of those industries and I just totally killed what you do. I am not within that particular industry, though I have been on several grants to help design events and experiences for the substance use, um, disease and disorder communities, these said communities. So I do have experience within them, but I'm by no means an expert to be able to speak on behalf of this industry. So then how does this play out in events and experience design? So designing events and experiences that change behavior and mindset, we're really leveraging psychological techniques and behavior change models to influence and encourage individuals to change their behavior and adopt new habits. And because of the complexity that this is, we're really having to delve into human psychology, identify motivations and triggers and barriers, things that would influence behavior change. We're having to have a wide variety of background. Not only are we following an iterative design process because we're having to prototype, test, refine interventions based on all of the feedback and the behavior uh, data and change that we're tracking, we are tracking these behavioral outcomes, we're evaluating the success of the designs, and this requires quite a lengthy background. And this is where the fact that I'm a polymath has come in to my advantage. I'm obsessed with learning about all the things and seeing how they all overlap. So of course we have project management, marketing, integrated communications, business, research methods, data, and technology similar to the strategists. We're also adding here psychology, behavioral science, user experience, education and learning sciences, anthropology, neuroscience, cognitive science, neurolinguistics, and then the communications point in terms of storytelling and narrative. And so all of those things, and that's where I have really thrived in 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 getting to know all these, being a master practitioner in neurolinguistics. I'm even like a, a, a certified Reiki practitioner. I am like all over the gambit. I think uh, I had a client the other day and he was like, Kristen, how many certifications do you actually have? So I pulled up my CV, my resume, and I looked and I had 27 certifications across seven or eight different industries. And I just like love, I want to know how it works and, and how, how we change behavior. And this was actually, I was very fortunate, as I said on the last episode, to be invited to do a TED Talk. And this TED Talk was specific to higher ed because that was the theme of this TED Talk. But my TED Talk was all about designing an, an event series to change behavior. The context of this particular one just happened to be within higher ed, which ironically was my like only higher ed client at the time. 
compared to all the corporations, organizations, and communities that I work with. But uh, it was really kind of fascinating. And I highly recommend if you're interested in, in seeing and hearing some of these behavior change principles uh, in effect within that event area. So when I think about behavior change, I really think about a wide variety of different areas, but I do think that this is a very specific sub-segment in the event and experience design industry. I don't know of many people that are doing it outside of myself. I know some people who say that they do it, um, but maybe don't have the extensive background to, to really be able to say that they are changing mindset or behavior. They're just kind of tracking some surface level changes. And I have had so many people reach out to me after my master classes and say, please teach me what you do. I'm so fascinated. And it's just so in-depth because again, it's so cross-industry. But with this information, I am going to be launching a training series and that training series should be coming out next month in October. I'm super pumped about it. I'll be, I'm giving uh, two keynotes and then Um, Also, like a breakout session at an upcoming IAEE Expo Expo, but then two keynotes uh, in other places. And so we'll be launching these trainings before doing those things. So that should be coming out next month. So stay tuned to listen to all of those. I really hope that this podcast episode kind of enlightened your mind into the different levels and the involvement of the event industry and where we're going, where I think we're going in terms of a profession of a specific segment that we can all specialize in and continue to impact the world. With that, I always, always, always appreciate your time. I never take it for granted. And I am so pumped to be back on the episode. Shoot me a message, leave me a comment. Don't forget to rate five stars and wherever you're listening to this. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Experience University podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.